Hi everyone, it's Aisa here from Seek to Speak, and in this International Women's Day special, we are celebrating the stories and experiences shared by all of you during our Kisa Kita short story competition with the team Embrace Equity. In part three of this special, yes, you heard it right. There is a part one and part two. So if you haven't listened to part one and part two, you should go back now. Lots of good stories too. Or you can continue and listen to the next amazing ten stories, which are going to tackle issues concerning gender equity from the perspective of job opportunities, educational institutions, and family dynamics. Do check out our show notes for the full list of authors and voiceover volunteers for this episode. Do also check out part one and part two, especially if you want to keep being inspired. Before we begin, just a quick trigger warning that the stories shared here do touch on themes concerning gender discrimination and bias. Should you find this type of content triggering, please stop now and come back when or if you're ready. Without further ado, let's hear it from you. Young, my favorite Disney princess was Mulan. I loved that she defied all the odds society had pitted against her, defeating all obstacles and saving China. I loved that she was such a multifaceted character, that she could look beautiful in a handful, yet formidable in her father's armor and sword in hand. It was this very display of femininity and bravery that led me to develop an outspoken and bold personality. As time passed. I slowly realized that society did not praise Milan as much as I did. At the age of seven, I was bullied in school for being a nerd, always caught up in her stories. At the age of eleven, I was degraded by my teachers for being too rough, more interested in sports than academics. When my male classmates were praised for the exact same attitude, however, these experiences. Failed to extinguish the flame in my heart, and only added fuel to the fire, allowing me to recognize the importance of change—change change in the normalized misogyny that we viewed as tradition. So, I joined my school's English debate club in hopes of embracing my talent in speaking and cultivating the ability to defend myself verbally and eloquently in the future. As the timer began ticking, my teammates and I began typing away on our laptops, determined to do the best in the tournament. No one had believed in us; even our school was hesitant on allowing us to join under our school's name. Instead of discouraging us, that encouraged us to work even harder to prove the naysayers wrong. That we, as a fully female team of debaters, could not only go up against our opponents in this male-dominated sport, but also have a chance at beating them. We fought hard and fair all the way to the finals. With slightly clammy hands, I walked up to the podium, and as I looked into the eyes of the opposition, all my nervousness was replaced with fury—the fury from all the doubts I'd faced. And suddenly, the adjudicators weren't so intimidating anymore. As the tone of my voice grew more confident and stable, my body less stiff and more expressive, I began to experience the rush of adrenaline and power debate could give an individual. When I finally ended my speech, the thundering applause from the audience shocked me into silence. But the most memorable moment was when my team was crowned champion debate team, and we went on stage to accept the trophy. Three girls with the same dream and passion for bringing about change proved themselves victors on that very stage. 
That moment erased all doubts I ever had towards my identity and power as a woman. And when I was asked to share my thoughts after winning, I said without hesitance, this is for all the girls who dream to have their voice heard as loud and as clear as their male peers. Oi, why is she not answering? Does she not know she needs to answer me? My feet touched the marble tiled floor, then speed walked to the kitchen to give Maria a good talk. Her arms are moving back and forth. I presume she is frying something in the pan, whatever. That is Maria's expertise, not of my concern. Eh, I stride lazily towards her and tapped her shoulder. You cannot hear me calling you? She did not even turn her head to look at me. She just continued doing her thing, completely disregarding me as though I am thin air. The audacity of this woman. A wooden block with a knife on it slides towards my direction. I stared at it blankly. I realized there is a basket of greens on the marble countertop. No way she wants me to cut the veggies. Start chopping, she ordered coldly. Is she? Is she challenging me? Someone needs to put this lady back in her place. My fingers gripped the knife and my feet steadily planted on the ground. Bring it on, Maria. I sliced that stubborn piece of green stem on the chopping board, my toes curling up every time the blade gets too near my fingers. Ah, crap. A thin red line appeared on my forefinger. And damn it, it does hurt like hell. How do people still function when blood is oozing out from their fingers courtesy of stupid knives? I feel like my fingers just got pressed by a seven-ton lorry, my bones shattered when it was roasted under hot, blazing fire. Ah! I yelled at her with tears in my eyes. I can feel my vision blurred by my tears. This is stupid. How could she ask me to do this? It's just a cut. Toughen up. How dare she? Is she not going to help me out of this misery? Go get a plaster yourself upstairs in the study room in the drawer of the third bookshelf. Go get it myself? Go get it myself? Are you not going to do it for me? The question was not a question, but more of a demand. How could she not do it for me? I was expecting a verbal response when she turned over to look at me. Instead, I see her brows furrowed and hear the sound of a soft whimper. You need to learn to fend for yourself. Maybe it's the way she said it, or the wrinkles on her face, the eye bags under her one gleaming eyes, the tiny spot on her hands, the rough skin. I wonder how much more has she sacrificed because of me? How much more will she sacrifice for me? Ma, she quickly wipes her tears and lets out a bright smile. Dinner in 15 minutes. Though I'm aware of her sacrifice, I think Maria will remain for a while until I am independent and strong enough to get my ma back.
Dengan penuh kegembiraan, aku memilih pakaian yang akan aku pakai malam ini sempena sambutan hari lahir ibuku yang ke-40 tahun. Tiba-tiba, terengyang-ngiang di benak pemikiranku ejekan rakan-rakanku siang tadi di sekolah. Ana, kau jangan sandar dekat meja tau. Sergah Syukri mengejutkan aku yang sedang leka berbual dengan Isha dan Tia. Kenapa pula? Suka hati akulah. Balas aku tidak puas hati. Nanti meja patah, baju kau pun merekah sebab kau gemuk. <laughs> Serentak berhaburan tawa pelajar-pelajar lelaki mendengar ejekan Syukri terhadap aku. Tanpa aku sedari, air mataku mengalir deras walaupun dipujuk oleh Isha dan Tia. Aku mengenakan baju kurung Sabila kegemaranku. Tiba-tiba, hatiku berdebar-debar. Teningang yang ejekan syukri siang tadi mengganggu emosiku malam ini. Hatiku jadi tidak keruan apabila fizikalku menjadi bahan ejekan rakan-rakan. Biar apa orang kata, yang penting kita mesti terus positif dan jangan putus asa. Kekurangan dan kelebihannya Allah berikan pasti ada himahnya. Tiba-tiba, ayah bersuara mungkin menyedari keadaan diriku yang tampak sedih dan dia membisu seakan mengerti gejolak emosi anaknya. Aku masih diam membantu. Aku teringat pula pesanan Isha dan Tia. Ana, kau jangan risau. Yang penting, kita tetap bersahabat. Walaupun kau tiada rupa, kau kena ingat kau merupakan pelajar terbaik kelas kita. Pujuk Isha. Betul tu. Aku yakin esok bila keputusan ujian satu keluar, pasti kau dapat nombor satu. Ujar dia pula memujuk. Meluat aku mengingati suara syukri dan gelak tawanya. Malas nak layan. Diingat, dibangun sangat. Perasaan ego aku cuba mengawal debar dadaku yang kuat. Malam ini, aku dapat rasakan seperti lain daripada malam yang lain. Tetapi, aku buat endah tak endah sahaja. Dengarkanlah di sepanjang malam aku berdoa. Bam! Rupa-rupanya, aku pingsan. Tanpa sedar, ibuku memapahku masuk ke kamar tidurku. Betapa besarnya tekanan buat gadis muda sepertiku bila fizikalku menjadi bahan ejekan rakan-rakan. Keesokan harinya, di sekolah awal, cikgu Rohani masuk ke kelas lima sfera hari ini. Baiklah, murid-murid. Kamu semua boleh lihat keputusan dan kedudukan ujian satu di papan maklumat. Cikgu dah tampak sebagai rujukan. Pada kesempatan ini, cikgu nak umumkan pelajar terbaik kelas kita ialah Ana Sofia binti Shaiful. Tanya Ana. Umum cikgu Rohani disambut tepukan gemuruh rakan-rakan sekelasku. Cikgu nak nasihatkan, janganlah kita menghina atau mentertawakan kekurangan fizikal rakan anda kerana pasti ada kelebihan yang Allah Subhanahu taala berikan kepada beliau. Pelajar lelaki dan perempuan, rupa atau paras bukan penentu. Kita semua sama yang penting, usaha dan tekad tanpa putus asa. 
Nasihat Cikgu Rohani, rupanya Isha dan Tia melaporkan isi dan aku dibuli dengan ejekan fizikal oleh Syukri kepada Cikgu. Tanya Ana, kami bangga dengan kau. Walau apapun terjadi, kita tetap bersahabat sehingga syurga dan sentiasa buat yang terbaik. Percayalah, sahabat yang terbaik tidak mengira rupa paras tetapi hati yang jujur dan setia. Kita tetap sama. Serentak Ikra Isha dan Tia. Ana Sofia, maafkan aku. Aku harap kita tetap bersahabat selepas ini. Pujuk Syukri yang sudah aku kenali semenjak berumur 4 tahun. Aku hanya tersenyum. Sesungguhnya kemaafan adalah dendam yang terindah. Bisa memaafkan tetapi tidak melupakan. Moga Syukri benar-benar berubah untuk kami terus bersahabat. Bad student, bad results, bad luck. This is my hashtag Kesakita story. Growing up in a large family that values education as a benchmark for evaluating a person's weaknesses was a tough existence for me. Why do people set standards for things that no two people are the same? Life has treated me unfairly ever since I was young. But again, what do I hate more? Life itself or humankind's standards of creation? I will be honest, I am not the same. I am unique. I am exceptional at studying and understanding new things. I have my own ways. Yet, one thing is certain. I am not for everyone. Some may think I am a slow learner. Some may label me as foolish. Others may describe me as an average. But some folks simply do not care. If only I had a confidence to let others know what I was good at. If only I could resurrect and get better at everything. If only they would not create exceptions for other people's life. But that is just if only. Or maybe my life is the result of someone else's karma? We have been told that we can handle everything on our own. So why do certain people occasionally act like busybodies when it comes to making decisions about the things that we should acquire? for our own life. Have you ever pondered that we somehow missed out on so many opportunities because we do not have enough money to pursue them? I passed up the chance to continue my education at the University of Auckland, Lanchester University, and Newcastle University due to financial constraints. Therefore, it is crucial to ensure equity, not just equality in education. But what if we embrace both? equity, and equality, or maybe work on the combination of liberation, equity, equality to make it a reality. Is it reasonable for me to pay the same amount of money for my school fees? The equality of it is an issue. And should someone like me, who comes from less, who will get more to catch up? That is an issue of equity taught inside me. Because offering the same resources to students like me who enter school with academic deficiency due to causes beyond the school's control as those provided to students with bright brains will not be enough to help me accomplish my academic goals. So, it is crucial to make sure that students who struggle academically and those from minority backgrounds have access to outstanding teachers, 
and that their schools have the funding to give them a high-quality education for different learning styles. This strategy will keep us moving in the direction of academic success. Although, it is all important to treat everyone equally and make sure that everyone has access to resources and opportunities. It is even more imperative to ensure that everyone receives the resources they require to succeed, even if those needs differ across racial or socioeconomic lines. Together, let's hashtag embrace equity, hashtag and equality. Equity is a process of being fair to everyone according to their respective needs. Not to forget women's equity. Women's equity should not be left out in any situation. Women go through more struggles than men to achieve greater things in life and do not start off like men. As a woman, I am going to make this personal. My grandma once said that I have to get married because I cannot live my life without a man's help. And that hurt me. My parents told me I should not wear skirts or tight clothes when my brothers are around. As I know, my family ain't diverse or my social surroundings. But that is not going to change the fact that I am a fearless woman that's going to achieve all of my dreams. In the workplace, I am so sure that your boss discourages you just because you are female. At my mother's workplace, she constantly get discouraged and disrespected by her bosses because she was neither rich nor pretty to them. Yet she is the most talented woman in the room. In my brother's workplace, to get a promotion, the talented lady had to sleep with her boss instead of receiving a promotion by her progress and creative work. At school, once I got sexually harassed, I went and told the female teacher. She said it was my fault because I was wearing a pinafore and I should wear the baju kurung. We girls do not have many opportunities like the boys, even in an all-girls school. Football is only meant for the boys, and the girls who have an interest in football need to settle for other sports. Moreover, the head prefect is always meant for the boys. They do not care if he's smart or capable, he just has to be rich or male-gendered. And the girls have to settle for the less meaningful position instead of getting a position that she worked hard for or she is capable for. If all the main position goes to the boys, so how do you expect a girl to grow and learn? Don't we girls deserve to show our capability and talent? Why do we always have to work under a male and not a female? Does female equal nothing? We girls are the future, and some do not know that. Some think that woman belongs in the kitchen and be their husband's slaves, while others think women are nothing but trouble and an embarrassment. The world change, but not society's mentality. We need a better society for the next generation. We have to treat women right and celebrate their courage to achieve their dreams. We women have to voice out our struggles being a woman and how we are not fitting in society. Voicing out our struggle might solve other women's struggle. And we are one step close to having our freedom and justice. Let us all embrace equity to receive gender equality. 
Picture this, a nervy, belligerent tween with a book under her arm and a temper that rivaled even the strictest of primary school teachers. That was me five years ago, back in my Scuola Renda fighter cock days. I had just worked hard in an English essay one day at school, merely a few weeks before the oh-so-dreaded UPSR trials. Now, as a somewhat over-enthusiastic reader, I tended to use more complex vocabulary in my writing than is typically expected of a 12-year-old. And for some inexplicable reason, my English teacher hated this. Why so dramatic? Your simple words also enough. No need to add all this flair. My English teacher, besides being an absolute pain to most students, was the type to favor certain guys in our class. Oh yes, we've all encountered this before. A teacher who will relentlessly pick on female students for not pinning their hair properly or for talking too much, yet laugh and excuse the guys for not turning in their homework and having atrocious handwriting with the classic excuse of, boys will be boys. When the English essay in question was due, one of the quote-unquote golden boys, surprise, surprise, had not completed it in time for submission. He asked to have a look at mine to get some inspiration. And being the generous, naive little girl I was, I agreed. Of course, he ended up copying most of my essay, content, and colorful word choices alike, cleverly rearranging sentences in some places in order to make the deceit more subtle. Somehow, his essay received a higher score than mine, despite most of it being exactly the same. This came as no shock, considering who was marking it. Being the short-tempered person I was, I got mad at him and did some screaming, only for him to lean back in his seat and pretend not to hear me. He ended up giving me a wholly insincere apology in the end, mostly to shut me up. I decided to let bygones be bygones. After all, I knew I was a better writer than he was and told him not to do it again because it genuinely felt so invalidating to see my own work being credited to someone else. I had worked hard on that essay and felt robbed of the sense of achievement I was entitled. It doesn't end there. Two weeks later, we sit for the UPSR trials, and guess what essay question comes out for English paper two? The exact same one we had done before. Of course, I write down most of what I had written before with some tweaks and added embellishments to make an actual attempt at that paper instead of simply rewriting my previous one. I thought that my guy friend might copy mine again, but thought better of it. He wouldn't do it again, right? Wrong. When we get our results back some time later, I find out that he had copied the exact same essay again. And he scored two marks higher than me in the essay section for the essay that I had originally written. To add insult to injury, my English teacher had printed out said essay and distributed it throughout our entire year as an example of a good essay and in praise of the guy who in actuality had no claim to the credit for it. When I brought this up to my English teacher, rightfully infuriated, she brushed me off and said, Don't be so dramatic. I know he's a good writer. At least he was smart enough to change some parts of it. Don't complain so much. You still got an A. I was seething and could not get over the injustice because I just knew if the roles were reversed and if any of her precious boys were in my position, she would have gone to extremes in order to ensure that the wrong was righted. Even from the young age of 12, 
I knew discrimination in educational settings and knew what it was like to have my hard work and intelligence diminished due to bias in my surroundings. I will never forget that incident. As minor as it may seem, as it ingrained in me the harsh reality of bias education systems in Malaysia, especially in public schools, where I have encountered many teachers favoring male students, the point of interference in our girls' learning and education. Do better, Tuan Tuan dan Puan Puan. Meet our hero, Ayu. She isn't just any girl. She is a girl who dreams about a future where women have the same opportunities as men. Growing up, witnessing inequality firsthand inspired her to fight for change. After graduating from university, Ayu landed a job at a prestigious company in Kuala Lumpur. She was the only woman in her department, but this didn't deter her. Instead, it fueled her determination to prove that women could excel in the corporate world. She would work tirelessly by taking on extra projects to demonstrate her capabilities. She knew that she had to work twice as hard as her male colleagues to be taken seriously. But she believed that her hard work would pay off in the end. Over time, she began to gain recognition for her work. Despite her success, she never forgot about her mission to fight for gender equality. She spoke up in meetings, advocating for the hiring and promotion of more women in the company. She even volunteered with local organizations that supported women's empowerment. Slowly but surely, more women were hired and promoted within the company. And then, one day, she was offered the ultimate challenge, the opportunity to become the next CEO. This is it. This was her chance to prove that women could not only succeed, but also lead in the corporate world. She put in months of preparations, studying the company's finances, analyzing market trends, and developing a strategy for growth. Finally, the day of the board meeting arrived. She walked into the conference room, nerves and excitement coursing through her veins. She then presented her plan, confident in its strength and potential. And then, the unthinkable happened. One of the board members voiced his opposition to Ayu's appointment as CEO. He claimed that a woman couldn't handle the pressure of the job, that she would be too emotional, too indecisive. Ayu felt her heart sink. She had hoped that her hard work and dedication would be enough to overcome gender bias. But it seemed that some people were still stuck in the past.
the rest of the board remained silent, unsure of how to respond. She felt the weight of their expectations, the pressure to prove herself. And with a deep breath, she said, I believe that being a woman is an asset, not a liability. I ask you to judge me not by my gender, but my abilities and my achievements. The room fell silent. The board members looked at each other, considering her words. One by one, they saw the strength and determination in her eyes and the passion in her voice. They recognized that she was the best person for the job, regardless of her gender. Long story short, Ayu became the CEO of the company. Her story became a beacon of hope, a symbol of the power of perseverance and the importance of fighting for what you believe in. Hello everyone! Today, I would like to talk about Embrace Equity. Everyone who born in this world was given a gender, either male or female. Since ancient time, people had the concept of patriarchy. In today's society, Women are still being discriminated by some men because of they think that men's abilities are far better than women. Me as a secondary school student. In my class, I discovered some of the students I decided to win, especially at the sport day. The boys think that their physical strengths are stronger than girls, and this leads to that many of the situations they are not giving chances to girls for taking part in sport day and even trials. In fact, girls have some sport they are good at. For example, our school girl basketball teams has been represented the school for the basketball competition and get a lot of good results. This honor proves that girls are actually not too bad in sport. As we can see, there are quite many Malaysian female athletes who brings pride to our country. Other than that, most of the women get discriminated in terms of driving. When there was someone who drive car or either other we hacker with a bad driving skill, people always thought that the driving person must be a woman. One day, I saw a man was driving in an alley, and he accidentally scratched the car next to him. But he did not stop, instead keep driving. And this caused the victim's car a major damage. At last, in hand up, a woman helped him to get through the alley. How ironic the person who you think she is a troublemaker is actually the person who helped you. In this society, everyone thinks that women drivers are unreliable. But now, I would like to ask, is there any relationship between driving skill and gender? I believe that one day, men and women will be truly equal. And I strongly believe all the ladies out there will work hard together to carve out a niche. Thank you. I spent my childhood watching strong women pave the way, leave big footsteps for me to fill in. These female figures showed me to not let my gender constrict my ability and aspirations, to not be afraid to call out sexist comments, 
and to not let society deem me as less than solely due to my ethnicity, gender or physical appearance. As a 14-year-old girl living in a somewhat progressive country, I still find myself preaching for gender equality and radiating a sharp sense of social justice. It earned me the title of a feminist. But it's not something I'm ashamed of. In fact, who wouldn't want equal treatment of both genders? Yet, due to the current scenario, everyone having the same resources and opportunities is futile. Equity, giving individuals the resources they need to achieve an equal outcome, will be more effective than equality. In order to achieve gender equality, we need to first embrace equity. Imagine this. You have two apples. Person A had just eaten a hearty meal and person B had not eaten for the past 24 hours. Equality will be giving both individuals an apple each, but equity will mean giving person B two as they need that more in order to be on equal footing as person A. Now apply that to the inequality between both genders. We need to do something about it. And what better way to embody feminism and aim to attain equality? I study at an international school, a place that's supposed to be a sanctuary, a place to protect me from the harsh flaws of our society. Yet, events of sexism and unjust treatment due to differences of gender still happen. Small jabs, so minuscule and minute, are muttered under breaths. Jokes based on sexist stereotypes like women belonging in a kitchen are said and laughed at without a second thought. The worst part isn't that it's occurring in broad daylight, but it happens without the teacher's knowledge, as they know it's not right to display such atrocious behavior, yet they condone each other's blatant disregard for the female population. I believe that as human beings, we need to embrace equity in order to achieve equality. We need to be empathetic towards those whose society shuns. We need to stand up against perpetrators of gender inequality. Growing up as a girl, Society told me things like sit with your legs crossed as it's more feminine. To not play certain sports because it wasn't for girls. To behave well and not like the boys acting uncouth. But I stand strong against those statements because I know that my gender doesn't compress my ability to do anything a male counterpart can. So with that, I hope everyone on International Women's Day stands passionate about achieving gender equality and celebrating the 
amazing female figures in their respective lives. The end. Assalamualaikum dan selamat pagi. Cerpen yang ditulis khas daripada saya yang bertajuk Nisha ialah dilahirkan sebagai anak bungsu bukan berarti menjadikan Nisha sebagai seorang gadis yang lemah atau manja. Malah menjadikannya seorang yang berani dan pantang berputus asa. Tapi tidak di mata abang-abang dan kakak-kakaknya. Mereka meletakkan Nisha sebagai seorang yang sangat manja dan tidak mampu untuk berdikari sendiri. Malah setiap apa yang ingin dilakukan olehnya akan mendapat tentangan yang hebat daripada adik-beradik yang lain sehingga menyebabkan titik tekanan dalam diri Nisha. Nisha yang berumur dalam lingkungan 22-an merupakan anak bosu daripada 10 orang adik-beradik mempunyai 7 orang abang dan 2 orang kakak tetapi sering disalahertikan oleh adik-beradiknya dan menganggap Nisha seorang gadis yang tidak mampu untuk bersuara dan mengeluarkan pendapat yang sendiri. Malah, setiap kali Nisha cuba menyuarakan pendapatnya, setiap kali itu juga akan ditentang oleh adik-beradiknya serta mereka beranggapan bahawa pendapat Nisha langsung tidak berterima dan tidak digunapakai sedangkan pendapat yang dikeluarkan oleh Nisha belum lagi dijelaskan dengan lebih mendalam. Tetapi, adik-beradik ini tidak pernah memberi ruang dan peluang untuk Nisha menegaskan pendapatnya sehingga menimbulkan rasa kecewa dalam diri Nisha dan membuatkan dirinya sentiasa berfikir kenapa dia terlahir sebagai anak bonsu dan bukan sebagai anak sulung. Berfikiran sebegitu bukan bererti Nisha tidak pernah mensyukuri nikmat hidupnya tetapi dia menginginkan satu peluang daripada adik-beradiknya untuk membuktikan bahawa dirinya juga mampu untuk berdikari dan membuat keputusan sendiri. Umum yang sudah menginjak kepada 22 semestinya di pandangan masyarakat luar mempunyai fikiran yang sangat matang dan mampu untuk membuat keputusan sendiri. Tetapi tidak bagi adik-beradik Nisha yang beranggapan Nisha masih lagi seorang gaji yang perlu menjaga dan lebih perhatian lebih agar tidak bertindak di luar jangkaan atau terlibat dalam aktiviti sosial. Sehingga menjadikan Nisha seorang garis yang liar. Tanggapan sebegini rupa yang diberikan adik-beradik bukan sahaja memberikan tekanan buat Nisha, malah menjadikan Nisha seorang tidak pernah kena asyik-putus asal dan sentiasa bersemangat untuk membuktikan kepada adik-beradiknya bahawa dia seorang garis yang lemah atau manja, biarpun dia merupakan adik bosan mereka. Bagi Nisha, dirinya seperti bagi Nisha, dirinya tidak seperti yang difikirkan oleh adik-beradiknya. Malah, dirinya juga sudah cukup matang untuk mengenal perkara yang baik dan buruk buat dirinya sendiri. Serta dirinya juga tidak pernah melupakan ajaran yang dititipkan oleh kedua ibu bapa mereka. Buat dirinya sendiri. Biarpun, ser- biarpun Nisha sering dianggap seorang yang tidak mampu untuk membuat keputusan sendiri oleh adik-beradiknya, ianya tidak mendidik dirinya diri Nisha untuk menjadi seorang yang kurang ajar ataupun melawan kehendak adik-beradiknya malah telah menjadikan dirinya seorang yang pendek untuk menghormati orang yang lebih tua daripada dirinya dan terkadang mendidik Nisha untuk menjadi seorang yang lebih memendang rasa biarpun ia mengetahui memendang rasa bukanlah satu jalan yang terbaik tetapi jika dengan memendang rasa boleh mengelakkan persekitan atau perempuan Pergaduhan yang akan berlaku dirinya rela memendah segala rasa daripada adik-beradiknya. Biarpun memilih jalan, biarpun memilih jalan untuk memendang rasa daripada adik-beradiknya, 
Ianya juga bukan penghalang buat Nisha untuk terus membuktikan bahawa dirinya mampu membuat keputusan yang terbaik buat dirinya. Malah dirinya juga tidak semanja atau selemah yang difikirkan oleh adik-beradiknya. Dia juga mampu untuk melangkah dengan lebih jauh dan mengambil seberapa banyak peluang untuk membuktikan kepada adik-beradiknya bahawa dirinya boleh melakukan yang terbaik. Itu prinsip yang diperang oleh diri Nisha. Sekian, terima kasih. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you so much everyone for listening to this podcast episode and to the stories of our amazing participants of Kisah Kita. Keep a lookout for part 4 dropping next week. It is our final episode so be sure to keep supporting us and our girls. I also wanted to say thank you to our voiceover volunteers for this episode. Mai, Najiha, Sharon, Hani, Aina, Maslini. Thank you all so much. Also, thank you to the authors of this episode. Thank you, everybody. Bye.